Welcome to Join the Gang Episode 3. This is a New Age Community Podcast where my lovely co-host Max and myself, Connor, talk about the wonderful things that people in the New Age Community do together. And boy, Max, do we have a special occasion we are celebrating today. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing so great, Connor. Oh, I'm so happy for this occasion. Uh, it is, of course, a very lovely day today, and uh, we're going to be talking about one of the um, one of the main ways that people can express their love through letters, through love letter. In fact, uh, you couldn't have put it any better itself, Max. It's Super Bowl Sunday, so we're going to be talking about football today. Well, yes, we're recording on Super Bowl Sunday, but we're actually going to be releasing this around Valentine's Day. So it only seems fitting to do a love letter episode or actually a club letter episode. Huh. Maybe I uh, got the script wrong. I guess this is your show now, Max. I'll be out of here and you can take over. Yes. So on this week, we're going to be talking about only the top football plays from the Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, and we brought on three guests that are going to be great in dissecting those plays, all the Hail Marys that happen, all the tackles. So let's get into our first guest. Our first guest is actually one of the um, longstanding members of the club. Uh, he's he's come through many years and he plays mainly hardcore strategy games and through those war games, also shoots his gun. It's Joe Booza. Hello. I would say that my favorite hardcore strategy game is definitely Love Letter, so I'm looking forward to some in-depth discussion here. That's what I like to hear, Joe. I was maybe maybe talking about the ones that have, have guns in them. Uh, does Love Letter have, have guns for you? Um, we're working on expansions. <laughs> I see. Makes sense to me. Well, Joe, you're one of the uh, oldest members of the club who is still participating on a regular basis. How has that experience been for you? Like, What's it like to see so many generations of people come through here? It's been kind of weird, especially with it being online this last semester, as everyone has been using the Discord very well. I think everything has gone pretty well this semester. And what's been interesting to see is there's a huge influx of freshmen this year, which is great, right? New members is always great. And at the same time, we have some of the founding members of the club just resurfacing out of the blue. So you're getting this whole spectrum of people. It's been pretty amazing to see. Yeah, last week we had Rachel on the show, and she is one of the oldest members of the club as well. And she recently came back and joined us again in our community. And that's really awesome to see. It's a, it's a weird thing. I agree with you. Yeah, it's really weird. I think we've had basically, uh, I think in the past week, I've seen one person from every year of new age on the server, which is crazy. That would be a weird statistical analysis to do like a infographic about who comes from which year and then what year in school they are. And then maybe like what major they are and things like that. That would be really interesting. Well, Connor, who is the next person? Oh, man, we have more than one guest. I thought it was just going to be us and Joe. All right. Well, our second guest is no stranger to the inner workings of the club, a multi-time eboard member currently serving as the secretary, previously having served as the treasurer for numerous semesters. It's Amanda Do. Amanda, how you doing? Hello. I'm doing great, and I'm really excited to be here. Um, thank you for inviting me to the football 
episode. I obviously know a lot about football. Uh, my birthday actually falls on the Super Bowl, like, every few years. So I'm very knowledgeable on football. Well, the Super Bowl's today, so happy birthday. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> That's how this works, right? The Super Bowl's always the same day, Winky Face. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Someone leaves the live list. <laughs> like, I've had enough of this. Oh. Amanda, you are in a new eboard position this semester. What is it like to change your role? Um, it's definitely really interesting. Um, I actually loved being treasurer, and I think it will always be my favorite role on eboard. But I felt like it was time for a change, and it's so great to work with a different group of people and see a new treasurer take on the previous position. And Griffin's doing really great. So yeah, I'm really happy with this eboard. For sure. I'm glad. I know it must be hard uh, to have to deal with all virtual operations, especially where the money is concerned. So it's glad to see it shifting around and making things work. Yeah, we have actually been pretty busy this semester because we've been planning a lot of events, but the eBoard has been working really well together. There's the work that the eBoard puts on in front of the scenes, and then there's also the work that the eBoard puts on behind the scenes that we never even get to see. So I'm sure that there's a lot of things that we don't even know about that you're working on. Oh, yeah. Super duper secret projects? Uh, not that I know of right now. Oh, that's something an eBoard member would say, wouldn't they? Yeah. That's the best way to keep those things secret, I see. Just just look forward to more events. We're doing a lot more board games this semester. So that's always really exciting. Are any of the events football related? Uh, no. I don't think sports and nerds mix very well in general. Understandable. That's why we're really showcasing the football uh, in this club today with this group. Because we need to find only a select few. Oh, yeah. Well, we have one more select few. Our last select guest here is... Oh, man, how to describe him. He... Okay, you can describe him. Of course. Uh, Cambot4000 is here. Uh, he's a very devoted member of this club. He, uh, he loves Love Letter specifically. I've seen him talk about it all day sometimes. And he's not only that, he's... Uh, He's doing a little bit of extra stuff for the club. Cameron, what was that about a um, about the D&D uh, &D artwork that you were going to be doing? Well, uh, thank you for the introduction. Um, right now, <laughs> this is a bit of a harsh announcement to come to, but I'm actually no longer a member of Northeastern, and I'm studying art. And uh, while I'm doing that, I decided I would pop into the club and uh, ask for anyone's D&D &D characters so I can get some practice in and uh, do some painting on the side. So um, I don't know when those will be dropping because it's a pretty busy time, but eventually you will see, you specifically, Max, will see your characters come to life. This is very exciting to me. I actually forgot this was a thing, and it's exciting to hear from you because I'm currently running a D&D &D campaign in which... Joe, Max, and Amanda are all players in. So to have some artwork possibly coming through to know what these characters might look like would be really cool to see. Something I'm looking forward to for sure. Yeah, Connor, it's not as if I made an entire character model with all the colors correct and everything right for you. 
That's true. But where's the 3D printed model, Max? When is it going to show up at my door? I need I need a miniature to put on the top of the DM screen so when I roll a 20, I just flick it off and it gets destroyed. But anyways, uh, going back to it, uh, Cameron said you're no longer a part of Northeastern. That's impossible for, for a member of the club to not be from Northeastern. Looks at Connor. Looks at myself. <laughs> uh <laughs> Well, I'm either from way, Northeastern. Uh, I'm uh, I'm really glad that you're uh, that you're still around. You're still in the Discord server. You're still playing Love Letter with us. Thank you. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll always I'll always be around here, mostly because of my twin brother who still goes to Northeastern. So it's not I'm not entirely devoid of connections. But yeah, it's it's really great to have this club to fall back on and rely on. So thank you guys. Yeah, you know, I just thought of something as as we were talking that I didn't even realize when we were playing this episode, Max, that we have also, by happenstance, put together a good moral representation of the Climb Gang activity. Oh, yeah. I thought about this because in our first episode, two weeks ago, we talked to Tim, and Tim was a proponent of the rock climbing that we were doing back last year and the year before. And I've just come to realize that three of our climbing mainstays are here with us tonight. Care to do a quick little climbing gang thing? Yeah, why the heck not? We've got... I actually must add, uh, climb gang and love letter go hand in hand. You cannot have one without the other. Yeah, we, what we would do is we would go, usually in Joe's car, actually. Joe is a great... Yeah, I'm going to miss those those 10 p.m. drives. Yeah, 10 p.m. we were in Rock Spot. Rock Spot is placed down in, in the Broadway section of Boston, and, and it's a, a place where you can pay to go rock climbing. And they're open till midnight on the daily, and after 10 p.m., it's, it's only $10, $10 to go, which is really <laughs> cheap considering that you also get the benefit that barely anyone is there. So you're not competing or waiting around for using the rock climbing wall. So we would go in Joe's car. And you have until midnight, which is far too long, because realistically, with no one there, you're going to tire yourself out in like 40 minutes tops. Yeah, it's really fun to just go. We would pile in Joe's car, head down there. We would go climbing, get a great workout. We'd enjoy the time there. Sometimes Tim would meet us there. And by meet us there, you mean he wouldn't tell us he was coming and then he would be there before we got there and shock us all. <laughs> then we would go to this donut shop, Doughboy Donuts. Oh, I miss Doughboy Donuts. But there's where the love letter would happen. Oh, it pains me to even think about it. Yes, I've, uh, I've only been on Climb Gang once. Uh, I'm too scared of heights, unfortunately, but it was so much fun. Uh, I highly recommend anyone to uh, to also try it once we get past this. I was just going to say, for anyone who would like to go in the future, if I'm ever in Boston again, um, despite what Max might tell you, my car seats fine. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, it seats four comfortably, plus a healthy dose of yodeling music. Mm, yeah, I think there's room in the trunk as well for a sixth. <laughs> it seats. Oh, according five. to Joe, it doesn't. But it seats seventy-five pizzas. It does seat seventy-five <laughs> yeah, pizzas. Sure. Maybe we'll have to do a whole episode on Joe's car. That'd be a good one. Yeah, I think I'm a little lost on this one. <laughs> Did you ever go in Joe's car, Cam? You must have. 
I was only there for uh, one semester, actually. I don't think he has. Yeah, I think oh it goodness. has been like last fall was when Joe started Climb Gang and we all went in his car. And in the spring, because no one really had it, we didn't really have a driver anymore. We all just went on the T and went to Climb Gang. No, I forgot that we went on the T. Yeah. Or we'd walk. But that makes sense. Yeah. And it was. Or we would walk. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really different because. Since we didn't have a car, we were able to bring so many more people to Climb Gang, and we'd have almost like 10, 11, 12 more people like coming at once. Yeah, I, think I do it, remember those times. I honestly think if it weren't for Climb Gang being so often, I don't know how long they would have kept doing the 10 to midnight. We were the only ones there most nights. Why were they even open? <laughs> yeah, we're really bringing the business to Roxfy. I wonder how they're doing. Uh, I think they're closed down for COVID. Well, I hope they come sense. back afterwards. Yeah, me too. I really got a lot stronger physically doing it, and uh, safe to say that's regressed. <laughs> Ten months we've been locked up. It would be nice to have that opportunity again. Funnily, funnily enough, actually, it's probably the development of uh, everyone coming to Climb Gang through the T that allowed for Double Decker to come into existence. Oh my goodness, we'll have to talk about Double Decker later in the episode. If you guys like Double Decker burgers, prepare to be wowed by this concept. My goodness. Yes, we'll talk about Double Decker once we talk about Double Deck Love Letter for sure. I had these, okay, speaking of Double Deckers, I had tonight for dinner this really weird thing. They were called like Tate Tachos, I don't know what to say, but they were basically like imagine nachos where you've got, you know, your cheese and your hamburger and your like onions, whatever else you want to put on your nachos. But instead of tortilla chips, it was tater tots as a base. So good. So, so Connor, it's funny you should bring that up because a place that's famous for its tachos has gone out of business due to COVID, which is Connor Larkin's, the bar across the street from Northeastern. They had a taco tachos dish that was famous. And Connor Larkin's, my favorite bar right next to Northeastern, is a place where I've played Love Letter many times. Oh, well, I'll just have to open Connor Tripkins and... <laughs> have my own talk shows there yeah it's up to you to come back to boston and do that oh believe me it it will happen <laughs> imagine the love letter business you'll get from that oh it'll be love letter only you'll have to pay either five dollars to get in or you can give a copy of love letter to the organization as your entry fee you can also play against the bar to to win for entry and if you lose they keep your belt for a day Oh man, don't get me started on that. <laughs> We've been alluding to it all episode already, but we brought everyone here together to celebrate Valentine's Day as this episode will be releasing on the 11th of February. And we wanted to talk about a game that is near and dear to the club's heart called Love Letter. Now, it's a bit strange that we would talk about a specific board game here on the podcast because... At most game nights in person, there are a plethora of board games that happen, but Love Letter has its own subculture to it. But do one of you guys want to explain, just from a base level, what Love Letter is before we get into that? Love Letter is a strategy game of sorts, by which I mean it is a very simple card game uh, where, for anyone who hasn't played it, there's a set deck of cards. I remember exactly how many, probably around 16 cards or so. 
and everyone has a card and on your turn you simply draw a second card and play one of them and all the cards have different abilities and have values of one to eight and at the end of the game whoever has the highest card wins who's still remaining or if everyone gets knocked out by the abilities that the different cards have then whoever's the last man standing wins the round and the theory of love letter is that all of these cards represent different people involved in court intrigue around the princess one of the cards being the princess the most valuable card and your goal is to get your love letter to the princess and win her love and this is well represented with small red cubes that you get when you win a round and depending on the number of players you play x rounds and then you have a winner now you said that there are abilities on the cards. Are all these abilities beneficial? Um, almost all of them are beneficial. Some of them are negative, which leads to very nuanced and advanced play. Love Letter might be a very simple card game, but that hasn't stopped this club from playing probably a thousand hours in it. That's certainly a lot of hours. And that leads us to our first discussion point, which is... Especially Joe, you're probably, as one of the older members of the club, you were there when Love Letter sort of became a thing. What was that like? Like, how did Love Letter go from just being a random old game that the club owned to something that had its own subculture around it? I think the great appeal of Love Letter is that it's a game that requires very little thought. And so while there are lots of great things about New Age, for people who want a really intensive game, they want to get into it, you know, they're going to be there for 12 hours. Sometimes you go to Forsyth or wherever casual game night or whatever you're at is, and you want to catch up with friends, right? People you haven't seen since last week or even longer. And it's a great way to just gather a few people around and have something to do while you chat and catch up. And so Love Letter is really... While it's a great game, it's a lot of fun because you can have some good laughs with it, with all the weird things that happen in the game. It's more so a social event than anything. I think it really helps just uh, as a conversation starter almost. It gets everyone going and everyone can have a good time. Now, Joe just said how he got into Love Letter. How did Amanda and Cameron, how did you guys get into Love Letter? So... Um... I almost forget when it was because we've been in quarantine for so long, but it was a second semester of my first year at Northeastern. And um, I had just um, had a bit of an exodus from my <laughs> friend group from first semester. And I was looking for people and just something to do in, uh, well, that's where new age came along. My brother recommended it to me and, uh, he is a big board game fan. So he told me, you know, I should come in, I should socialize, I should meet everybody, maybe make some friends. And um, it, remarkably, <laughs> I actually almost didn't even go for the board games and instead just came to socialize because, I mean, outside of the Friday to Saturday, I didn't really have much uh, opportunity to meet people. So I decided to go. Um, and one of the first games that I stumbled across was Love Letter. And I think it was just, it was appealing because it's a simple game and there's no um, 
skill prerequisite. It's not one of those games that's going to take, you know, it's, you're not going to start a game at 12 and end at 4 a.m. It's not one of those. So I decided to, you know, play a few rounds. And I think it was the appeal of just being able to chat while you play, meet people. Uh, that really drew me in. And at the same time, <laughs> it, the uh, I don't want to spoil or, or go on to a different topic already, but there, the Club Letter edition had been released. And that was a great way to get to know the club and uh, a bit of the memes and the, the funny inside jokes that go on. Um, and I think it was a great opportunity to just kind of become acquainted with the culture. That, I think that would be uh, what, what I would say in regards to that question. Yeah, and I think I kind of found Love Letter in between Joe's era and Cameron's era. Uh, I think I found it around freshman year. I honestly don't remember exactly what happened, but I think it's along the lines of Tony Lee, the master of board games, wanting to teach a group of freshmen a board game and us asking him to teach us meme games. So I think that's where I learned Love Letter. And I just kind of got to see it as a big part of the club. Sometimes people just, you know, bet money on it. Um, I've just seen a lot of things happen with it. And yeah, we even have a love letter tag on Discord, which is not really used at all, except for on New Year's. On New Year's? Is it a tradition? Yeah, I think so. Yes, the two times that New Year's happens in a year, both of those are great times to ping love letter. There you go. Well, the Chinese New Year's coming up... Uh... Pretty soon, I think it's starting. I want to say next week. I'm not quite sure on the date, so maybe it's a good good occasion to, to crack it out. You're right, Connor. The three times that uh, that New Year's happens in a year, it's a great time to ping love letters. There you go, Max. You you live in your own reality there. <laughs> Man, I I miss Tony quite a bit, and I'm wondering, did you think that Tony was as good as love letters he was at other games? Uh, I don't know. I think he just spends more time playing long games but i'm sure if i were to play love letter with him again he'd beat me even though i probably have more hours in that game maybe experience in love letter makes you worse at it Who knows? Uh, sometimes it can help to be coming in from an off meta perspective so that could be a part of it i'd agree love letter has developed a very strict meta to an extent within new age but there's been a lot of progress on breaking the mold and some real fun plays that go on what does that mean what is the the meta for love letter what does that entail you know it's such a simple game as you described it cameron well, and man being, and all said the same thing yeah with it being a very simple um game there has become a meta of it being a social game and therefore fun plays have tended to take precedence over you know, ideal plays, which is actually a very good meta for a social game. So you get lots of things like for those familiar with the game, the Baron Guard, especially yeah. in the early rounds. Because if you attack with a guard, most of the time you die, unless you're playing with Pepper Trip variant rules, which we'll get into. Right? You attack with the guard, you're probably going to lose when you play that Baron. But there's a chance that someone else has a guard, and then you tie, and you and that person can get a good chuckle. Because now everyone thinks that you guys have something else. Previously, it was like, oh, they must have two princes. Now people know that someone probably just did a Baron Guard. You know. Now, uh, I just want to make clear. So what does the Baron do exactly? 
The Baron is the three strength card on the one to eight scale. So it's a mid tier, a little bit low. And you compare your card's value with another player and the lower value player is out. Now the guard has a value of one. So if you play the Baron holding the guard, you cannot possibly win, but you have a decent chance at tying. It's a wasted turn. It's less productive than just playing the guard and guessing at something and holding on to the Baron. But it's a lot of fun because it's unexpected. And our meta has kind of evolved to encourage that kind of play, which I think makes the game more enjoyable, especially for new players who get very confused. I can imagine how one would get confused. Go on, Cam. <laughs> yes, it is a kind of a confusing meta, but essentially it's a it's a bit of a meme play. It has no upside, and uh, the the kind of success of the play uh, results in a tie. So you gamble away your entire life, your your point for that round, and if you win, you get nothing, and if you lose, you lose everything. So. There's no strategic value in Baron Guard. I'd like to say that I, I think it's I think it's not that it has no upside. It actually has pure downside. Uh, so you not only get rid of your Baron, uh, which you could use later on in the game, uh, you also uh, tell everyone else what your card is, as in you have a guard, the other person has a guard. And not only that, you didn't use your guard that you could have used to kill someone else. Uh, so in fact, you've um, you've only done downside. Not necessarily, because if you tie with someone, they, in a rational game, they would assume that you had a prince or a handmaid and you tied with someone with a prince or a handmaid. It's only in a new age game that when someone plays a, a baron and then says it's a tie that you go, ah, they must have guards. It's also that when they do that and they tie, they also laugh hysterically for about three <laughs> minutes. <laughs> It just never gets old. I, we should hear from the originator of the play, Amanda. Oh man, when did when did that start? I think it was probably back like two Christmases ago when we all found out that you can get Asmodee love letter. But even better, if you get it on BGA, it's only two dollars. So we all played a lot of hours of love letter, and the best part was. Just doing the Baron Guard. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's when it started. Ooh, you're definitely wrong. Um, I think uh, it might it might have been in a game with Joe, but uh, we, we definitely started the Love Letter meme culture very, very long ago, and it started um, along with Baron Guard, with King Guard, and with uh, playing the princess with no other... Uh, no other reasonable play. I mean, this also goes back to our even somewhat rational meta, where it used to be on turn one. So for those unfamiliar with the game, the Handmaid card has a strength of four, and its special ability is that when played, you ignore everything for a round. So you're just out of the game for a bit, but most importantly, you're safe. So at the beginning of the game, if you're given a Handmaid, you tend to think you're safe. But our meta had quickly become that on turn one, everyone who has a guard plays it and guesses handmade for the person left of them to try and get them out. Because a guard, you guess what card someone has, and if you're correct, they're out. And so everyone would play it, guess handmade, and if you had one, it was a, what should be a very good card to protect yourself became a death sentence if you weren't going first. 
right? So our meta can sometimes be rational, but the like meme plays like that go way back. It started and then it devolved. I, another question I have about the love letter meta is more of a meta game thing. I, I mean, a meta game. We were just talking about in the game. I mean, like outside of the game, like meta, meta. And it's the story of betting the belt and competitive love letter. Another instance that Joe just so happened to be the direct involvement in. Do you want to tell us about what that means and that, that kind of story behind it? All right, so competitive love letter obviously is just playing love letter competitively, which is fun for a game that is, honestly, if both sides play ideally or, or near ideally, if you have two high skill players, it's a complete chance game. Even with low skill players, it's a pretty chance game. But what's fun about competitive love letter is fun wagers. So what we used to do, and this is usually best done if you're playing with people you live with or near, who you can easily return things to, is what is called betting the belts. So say I'm playing love letter and my roommate is there. My roommate and I would bet our belts on the round. Now, you're not going to steal someone's belt, right? And, that's, and you're not going to bet it at a friendly new age event. Because right? you could be out anywhere from 20 to $200, depending on how you like your belts. But if you bet belts with a roommate, the penalty isn't losing your belt. It's losing your belt until you get home. So all you have to do is walk a half hour across Boston with your pants falling down and pulling them up constantly. And then you get your belt back. So it's a good way to wager and have fun. You know, everyone can start the game, place their belts on the table, and you know that one person is walking, if you're playing with all your roommates, one person's walking home with a handful of belts, and the others are walking home uncomfortably. Just, I just get the image of, like, the wrestling matches where they hold up the giant wrestling belt to, like, signify that they've won, but instead it's just normal belts. It's, it's a fantastic way to play. Because everyone looks weird because three people are pulling up their pants and one person has a handful of belts. If I don't have a belt, can I, am I allowed to participate? Well, then, then if you won, no one who was betting belts would have to hand their belts over until they got home. Because you weren't in on the belt bet. I see, I see. At that point, they take your pants. I'm sorry. You must well, walk across Boston <laughs> in the wintertime without pants. That sounds like a bit of a weird meta to me. So speaking of the love letter meta, it might feel like uh, the meta is too inclusive, like love letter might not be easy to get into. Do you feel like love letter is, is high, too high of a barrier to entry? You have to like learn the meta to get into it, Cameron? Um, I would say no. I think that it's a very simple game, and because of that, you have a decent chance of winning just by existing in the game. And uh, when it comes to the more risky plays or, or um, a bit of fun, that's something that you can pick up on really quickly. Um, I, I would say that the, the most nuanced, highest level gameplay of Love Letter is um, pretty rare. I would say even people who know different strategies probably wouldn't attempt them that like you're not actually trying to win on a lot of the times you're just trying to have a good time so um theoretically a newcomer could learn some of the best strategies and just beat all of us because they're the only one trying <laughs> to clarify cameron means trying to win the game versus trying to play love letter yeah yeah the new Try, age trying way. to have fun versus trying to 
smash everyone into the dirt. Yeah. Hey, smashing everyone into the dirt can be fun. It can, it can be, be fun, can. but in a good game, if you have a good match with like four people and someone starts playing real seriously and smashing everyone into the dirt, you're going to notice a lot of attacks targeted against them <laughs> as everyone tries to defend their honorable friends who are doing honorable plays like King Guard. Yeah, Love Letter is a cooperative game. If anyone has played uh, Smash Bros, it's like when someone has three stocks and everyone else only has like one or two and then someone says... That guy has three stocks, so then you'll gang up on them. It's that kind of similar situation. It's also like when you play Smash Bros, as far as the one person taking it seriously, it's like when you play Smash and everyone loads in as Jigglypuff and just tries to get the rest kills on people, and one person comes in as like Fox or something serious, and everyone just gangs up on them. You know, you gotta you gotta play in the meta. You gotta play to the room. You gotta play your crowd, basically. Hype them up as a participator in the Puff Show match on uh, semesterly Smash Nights. I I know how to play room. That's good. Now uh, you mentioned playing to the room. Now maybe there's also playing the room itself. What is Club Letter? Man, I think you should weigh in on this one since you're the one who made it. True, Club Letter is a version of Love Letter where we basically turn the people on the cards into various emojis that we have on our Discord server. For example, we have Excuse Me as the guard. We have Dreamy as, aka John Drohan, as the priest. We have Lewis as the baron. And yeah, there's many more. A lot of them have to do with what people just have in their hand frequently with no real reason. Um, sometimes it's just cards that people always play onto each other. And obviously, Connor is the princess. <laughs> Why is that obvious? Uh, you seem to have uh, st- skipped over some numbers there. Who, who's number four? What's number four? Number four is homemade, and that is me. You so you what you're telling me is you're you're narcissistic and you put yourself in a love letter card just so everyone can look at you. Is that am I getting that correctly? No, this was Connor. I, I might remind you that you're the princess. I didn't decide to be the princess. I asked why I'm the princess, but I'll wear the crown and tiara with pride. Thank you. This was actually planned out by one of the eboards. We went through the emotes and then kind of assigned each like card to an emote or a person if we knew we had a good photo of them. And then eventually we just carried it on. So this is a physical thing that exists in real life? Yeah, we made a few copies and there's actually one hidden in the lockers. Ooh, hidden secret copy. I just want to establish uh, what each of the numbers are. So you said that uh, one is, excuse me, that's Dan Lehman. Uh, then two is John Drohan, three is Lewis, uh, four is Amanda. What's five? Five is Prince, which is also Joe, or Y on the Discord server. And we did that because for some reason, whenever someone gets the Prince, they play it on Joe. This can be to your advantage at the tiebreaker at the end of the game when you've got eight cards in front of you. Yeah. Um, six is Max, or like this on the discord seven is 
Aaron, who is one of the best designers in our club, who has designed a lot of t-shirts for us. She's made the PowerPoint for Winter Moment Fair. So yeah, it's Nani. I heard uh, rumors of a super secret special card included in the, in the club letter edition. Uh, what is that? Oh yeah, there is one card where, honestly, I keep forgetting the purpose of this card, but it is the Pepper Trip, um, where it's basically baby Connor on a bunch of peppers. And I think this was created because I was trying to test out GIMP for the first time, and I didn't know what to do with it. And I found that there was pepper stamps, so I stamped peppers, and then I photoshopped Connor on top of it. And it was originally supposed to be the backing of Club Loader, but because we couldn't figure that out, it is now a random card in the deck. I, I carry this weight on me now that I am associated with a vegetable that I, I only seldomly consume. And it, it's just weird, like, what, what do I have to do with peppers? It's it's not just a photo of Connor, it's a photo of young Connor. The Pepper Trip is also an advanced card because it can be used to rebalance the game. So there's a Pepper Trip in the deck, and we have house-ruled it to be useful. And it makes the game a lot more enjoyable, and it confuses new players because the card doesn't have a number on it. And so recently, the Pepper Trip has been used in such a way as to encourage certain silly plays and our example of that is that the pepper trip has no value so of course if you hold it at the end of the game you lose because there's no number printed on it and it's therefore a zero but it has been ruled that the pepper trip wins in baron combat so when you play a baron and compare cards against all other cards except guards so it makes it the best card for taking someone out however if you're doing the Baron Guard play because you like fun, there's now a slight chance of success. And beyond that, you take down the strongest person at the table. Uh, uh, my, in my youth, I was definitely uh, a high-rising individual who could topple all, all challenges except the lowly guard. <laughs> That's an accurate description of me. <laughs> a club letter is something that is played, to my understanding, as... Something known as double deck love letter. What is double deck love letter? And, and where did that come from? Why? What's the purpose? <laughs> Guess I'll take this one. Double deck love letter is a very simple concept. Um, so love letter is a game with, I believe, 16 cards in the deck. Um, so with that, you run into a situation where the game is made for two to four players. And beyond four players, it doesn't really work because there's not enough cards for the game to go around and have everyone take a suitable amount of turns before it ends. So when you're playing with five to eight players, you can simply shuffle two decks together. And now you have double deck love letter. All the card values are or all the cards are doubled, so you end up with one unique and wonderful situation where the princess card you lose the game if you are forced to play it by someone like playing a prince on you or something but say in double deck you have the supremely bad luck to draw two princesses you now must play one of them and therefore will lose the game and this can be a lot of fun i've seen it happen on turn one which i don't know it'd be one out of 16 squared 
So really low chances of that actually happening. And for it being a lighthearted party game, that can be a lot of fun. Love Letter is a party game. Love Letter is a social deception game. Love Letter is a strategy game. Love Letter is a cooperative game. Love Letter is a competitive game. Is there anything Love Letter isn't? Um, we're working on making it a tabletop RPG. Oh, I see. <laughs> I was just going to add, Joe's working on adding guns. Yeah. So we heard. This is a, something. Did you guys actually know that Love Letter is technically part of a four-game series by AEG, and the games are all based in this medieval city, and the other three games are like midweight Euro games, one of them's called Dominaire, which I've played, and then there are two others I don't remember the name of, but Love Letter is technically a part of a, a lore that exists. I would love to further explore the Love Letter cinematic universe, so that sounds <laughs> great. It's funny, though, because the Love Letter lore has nothing to do with the gameplay, but that's like the best part about the game. <laughs> I think Speaking even of, better uh, is the club letter lore. <laughs> the club letter <laughs> lore is cursed. Oh, I forgot that existed. Oh my god. Didn't somebody wrote somebody wrote like a front and back piece of paper. Yeah. It was like a lore explaining what each card meant in the system. Yeah. And I read that and it was oh it was cringy. Oh I think we burned it. Yeah, <laughs> I no, I got tossed. We we had Chase do a live monologue reading of it. It was fantastic. See, so we spent so much time on making the actual club letter. I think I spent over 10 hours putting it together that we ran out of time to write a good lore. So instead, we kind of just copied the lore from the actual game, but then we changed up all the names. So it ended up being pretty disastrous, but it was still a fun time. And I still have it on my phone because everyone else has tossed it out of their memory. Thankfully. As we should. We're working on acquiring and destroying the final copies. You'll never take me alive. <laughs> yeah, there you go. He's got it tattooed. Remind me to grab Amanda's phone next time we're in person. Well, one of the things that I wanted to uh, at least touch on this episode is the physical copies of Well Letter out there in the world come in a lot of different versions. And I'm wondering if you guys have ever played any of the different versions because I personally own my copy. It has no rules changes from normal Love Letter, but it is technically themed in Legends of the Five Rings, which is like a, a East Asian cultural lore by Fantasy Flight Games. But I also know a friend of mine who gave out the wedding edition of love letter at their wedding you can write in with a marriage license to aeg or whoever uh, maybe it's asmodee now the owners and creators of the love letter license and if you have a marriage license you can get special all white uh wedding edition love letters and there's many other editions out there like batman edition and all sorts of stuff so i'm just curious if any of you guys have ever played any of them I think I've played your East Asian edition. Um, I've played the regular one in the Love Letter cinematic universe. And I've played the Club Letter version, which is my favorite reskin of the game. Yeah, I, I think I've also seen the East Asian version now that I think about it. But I remember also playing Lovecraft Letter, which is 
I don't know if it's related to Love Letter at all, but it's like almost like the same game, except you add a few sanity cards that make it more luck based. Yeah, so Lovecraft Letter uh, changes it up a little bit by sort of already making it into double deck Love Letter and has duplicates of all the cards as sort of corrupted versions that then corrupt you when you play them. I've not played Lovecraft Letter, but I've seen it a lot, and I know it was a popular game in, in person times. And that's interesting to hear about, like the idea of going insane or bringing the Cthulhu mythos into something that's supposed to be about like getting a princess's favor. When are we going to get Love Letter Cinematic Universe fan art from you to practice your art degree? <laughs> I was actually thinking about um, reskinning Avalon and uh, Love Letter as well, but. Um... I'm trying to, to work on my skills first and then come up with something that I'm truly proud of. So maybe one day. That would be really fun. I know that some small card games, like Coup is one that comes to mind to me. Coup is another similar small card game. And there was a special edition that came out a couple of years ago that had completely different art. And it was super nice, completely different artist. And that, that would be kind of a cool thing to see for a game like Love Lair that only has 16 or if it's double deck, 32 cards in it. I mean, the club loves the custom club letter. So if you make another custom love letter, we'll love that just as much, yeah. I'm sure. We, we also originally wanted to make a second edition of club letter printed on nicer cards where we customize the descriptions and the name of the cards because a lot of the emoji pairings that we made were kind of inside jokes within the club. So we kind of wanted to do that, but then we got lazy. So yeah, Cameron, you should pick that up. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll definitely consider that in the future. Now, speaking again about creating the cards, Amanda, you've actually uploaded Club Letter to Tabletop Simulator. What was that like? Oh yeah, um, I wanted to kind of share the Love Letter copies online because of the pandemic conditions and. Originally, I was thinking of making another version of Love Letter, but I've been really busy. So I thought that uploading it would be a fun way to kind of let new members see the old Club Letter, as well as just let old members play it again. And yeah, um, unfortunately, I can't figure out how to upload it to Workshop. I really wish I could figure it out. But yeah, hopefully, eventually, it could be downloadable. And hey, at the very least, you have a personal copy that you can use, and that's really special, I'm sure. Yeah. And we've had a lot of really fun games of Tabletop Love Letter. And I think one of my favorite parts is that you can have an MP3 player, which almost gives an incentive to lose Love Letter, because we have a house rule that if you lose, you get to choose the music that plays and there are some bopping tracks on that mp3 i can only imagine is it yodeling from climb gang if not i'm out sadly we only have the ones that are included within tabletop simulator but they have some really good ones in the children's section and spring on my step they do have Spring in My Step, which is like when you hear it, it's the intro to like 800 YouTube channels from 2009. Maybe you should make a Love Letter dedicated YouTube channel. Yeah, Love Letter playlist coming out soon. 
We'll have a montage of all the times I've gotten double princess. <laughs> that would be good. It's like a highlight reel. Highlight reel of the whole table flexing on Bryce. When he's I'll in. do shout casting for it. Oh, I, I do have a bit of a story about Love Letter, if I, if I could. So last week, no, not last week, last month. Oh, God, time. Um, my brother decided to challenge me to a series of Love Letter 1v1s. And I'll have you know, I came out strongly victorious. It seems in the DeVoe household, there is one clear winner of the princess's or Pepper Trip's favor. I mostly bring it up just so that he hears it when he listens to this podcast. It's good. I, I really enjoyed uh, two months ago over Christmas break when we would have the group together on Tabletop Simulator and you and Bryce battling it out was always a highlight. You know, you would see the card played, right? The Baron would be thrown down. There'd be that pause as you all wait to hear who is being challenged. Then you'd hear, brother. <laughs> brother, I've come for thee. I also love that recently when you couldn't make an event or something, you just like wrote a little blurb and it went like, Dearest love letter, I may not return from the war. Forever, you're barren to guard to Cameron. <laughs> I teared up when I read that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, despite love letter being a cooperative game and all those other things, it is also a community more than anything else. Very true. Yeah, I mean, it's both a social game and it's a commitment. A commitment of love. You have to get that letter to the princess. It's never too late to add yourself on the love letter role that we have on Discord. You will get pinged four times a year. And what are those four times? Um, well, Max mentioned three. And I think April Fool's is definitely a good day to ping love letter as well. Understandable. Now, to clarify, there have been rogue pings on other days when the love letter tag is used for people who want to play love letter. It's extremely rare. Usually it's just tagged on important days in the love letter community, but it can be used as a signal to play love letter. A calling of the people, if you will. It's like a Batman signal. A bat signal? A princess signal? This week, Join the Gang is able to run because of viewers like you. Thank you. But also, we are sponsored by a very generous mobile app company, Hinder. Hinder is the relationship app for our modern times. If you see someone on Hinder that you never want to talk to again, simply swipe right on their profile. This will block them on all social media platforms, truly hindering them from contacting you. Hinder beats out the competition with how easy it is to start up and get blocking. Crumble requires the other person to message you first, and Not OK Stupid focuses more on the user setting up who they're looking to block. With Hinder, you can make an account, and Hinder will automatically suggest you people nearby and people who others are already blocking. With the top blocks page, you see only the most popular people to block, but you can only block one of those a day unless you buy the premium version. Hinder is free to use, but you can increase the number of people you can delete from your life every day with a premium account. Download Hinder today, and I hope to never see you on there. Get swiping!
Speaking of ways to play Love's Letter, as we wrap up the show here, uh, I did want to highlight that one of the ways that people in our community have played Love Letter, other than Tabletop Simulator, was actually using the Steam version of the game. And I did notice that right now, until the end of the 17th of February, on HumbleBundle.com, this is a site that sells games, of a big bulk groups of, of video games together for charity. They're currently raising for... I want to say it's Children's Miracle Network, but don't quote me on that. Their current bundle is Tabletop Games, and for just $1, you can get the Steam edition of Love Letter plus a bunch of other digital board games. So anyone who's thinking about joining the Love Letter community in New Age might want to check out that at HumbleBundle.com before the 17th of February. It's a great way to get games at a discount price, and it's also a great way to contribute to charity. If a lot of people pick that up, we might need to get a new um, roll to ping so that we don't flood the love letter roll that is supposed to be used on sacred holidays. I also, I didn't know that the ads were being broadcast live. <laughs> sorry, sorry. That's not the ad read. Don't worry, listeners. You'll get an additional ad read from Max Papadopoulos himself included in this episode, free of charge. Join the Gang is sponsored by Humble Bundle. Not really, because that would be... <laughs> that would be something else, wouldn't it? Please tell me there's an Audible parody. Uh, Soon. There was in the previous podcast. Hey, it'll probably Called return. out. What's that, Amanda? I do want to personally endorse Steam Love Letter. I think, I hope you're talking about Asmodee Love Letter, but I know that a lot mm -hmm. of us have had very fond memories on Asmodee Love Letter and spending hours climbing the ranks because they have a ranking system. And there's also some great music. There's some great reactions that you can say. For example, you scampy. Or you knave. Ninny hammer. Crooked nose knave. There's, there's also wonderful public games where you can play with your friends and every once in a while a random person from around the world joins because there's never more than like four people online. Fascinating. Does anyone have any closing remarks at the end of the show here? If you ever wanted to play a cooperative love letter, uh, just join a three-person group and wait for a fourth random around the world person to join and you will all cooperatively destroy that person. And then they will leave halfway through the match. All right, well, this brings us to the end of episode three of Join the Gang, a New Age Community podcast. Amanda, Joe, and Cameron, it was wonderful to have you guys on to celebrate this great holiday. Love Letter is an awesome and fun community within the greater New Age community, and to talk about it together was a great deal of fun. So thanks for being on, guys. Yeah, thank you for, thank having, you for us. having us. Yeah, thanks. On behalf of Max Papadopoulos, myself, Connor Tripp, and the entire New Age community, thanks for listening, and we'll look forward to hearing you back here next week for Episode 4.